Alright, what up everybody? This is Billy. And Giselle. And we're trying to figure shit out with Life Unfigured Out Podcast. Whoop whoop. Cue the intro. That's not the intro. It's not. I'm trying to figure it out, you know. That's all I'm trying to do. Welcome to the podcast with me and Giselle. And we're just trying to figure shit out. Two young millennials married. Just trying to go through life and figure things out one day at a time. One day. And uh this week, I have come to learn, or to I figured out that uh, when it comes to grits, it is either salt and pepper mm. or sugar, but it is not salt, pepper, and sugar. <laughs> <laughs> it is not all three. So you you have to pick a side. There is no in between. So what is your side? What do you go to? Salt and pepper. Mm. Salt. In the pepper. You know, I thought we were having such a great marriage, you know. And a little bit of butter. A little bit of butter. <laughs> we were just having such a great marriage. Come on. And you just like this this salt. Nobody wants sugary grits. Well, you wanted sugary grits if you put it sugar in them. I wanted to try it out, okay? <laughs> That's all I wanted to do. So you was going to put everything in there. Sugar, salt. Did you put pepper in it too? Yeah, salt and pepper. Yeah. And sugar. That doesn't even sound. Okay. Anywho. Don't judge me. So question. Do you put sugar in, what is that? Spaghetti? What? Who wants sweet spaghetti? (laughs) (laughs) It's a thing. You put sugar, a little bit of sugar in the spaghetti sauce. If you ever had spaghetti at my house, which you have, you had sugar in your spaghetti. And guess what? And if I would have known. You got seconds. It doesn't even matter. You had Maybe because I was hungry. Okay. Billy, there's things that you've eaten that you didn't like. So don't, don't make that excuse just to say you were hungry. What have you come to figure (laughs) out this week? Why you on my case? All right. So mine is a little bit more on a serious note. I've come to figure out this week to be more trusting in my significant other. Who would that be? Whoever is my significant other at the moment. Wow. But um, sometimes I know I can be like very controlling and just want things to go my way or how I envision it or how I envision it should go in now my say, head. Say it with confidence. Don't put a question mark inside of your statement. All right, Billy. I'm not going to say all this if you're just going to go up here and be on your little gluten high horse like, oh man, Jesus, she finally sees the light because that's what you look like. I'm not going to have no nobody shaming me. No, no, I'm not shaming. Just, you know, say it with the chest. I, I'm saying it now. Mm-hmm. Now you made me lose my thought. Mm-hmm. But anyway. I can help you. Okay. You learn to be more trusting in your husband, Billy Wilson, which is I, me. But sometimes. I am he. Sometimes you just don't let me be right. Even when I'm wrong, I just want to be right. Just give me that satisfaction. No? Okay. Anyway. Even when you're wrong. <laughs> See, no, you ain't figured nothing out this week. <laughs> you ain't figured nothing out this week. Okay. I thought about it. I thought about it. You know, it's a work in progress. We'll try again next week. We will. No, well, thank you. Thank you for that revelation, you know. So what made you come to this conclusion? So it was actually something really, really small. Even, well, when we were 
um, going to work and you were dropping me off and we usually take, you know, one route and then one day you took another route and I'm like, what is he doing? Why is he taking this route? And I started to say something because I, in my mind, thought that route was longer, but I just sat and, you know, just went with it. And it turned out to be like a little bit faster, just depending on the traffic. Um, so that that made me like think that, OK, Giselle, you're not going to always be right. You're going to have to put more trust in um, your husband. Sometimes he'll do things without telling you, but just trust and the fact that he's doing that just trust in the fact that he knows what he's doing. Cause I'm a, I'm a huge uh, communicator. So I would like to know everything that's happening at all times. And I have to come to the fact that I'm not always going to know what's happening at all times. So that's, that's what I think I'm working on. It's not like I don't trust you It's being able to trust that even if I don't know what's happening every second of the day that I can trust you that, you know, it's going to be okay. You know what you're doing. Well, okay. Well, I'm happy for you and your revelation. <laughs> it's really nice. Check on me next week. See how it's going. <laughs> <laughs> it's a work in progress. It only took a few years and a, a trip to work. <laughs> happy I was able to do that for you. So if y'all are joining in, uh, if y'all listening now, please comment, subscribe. Let us know what you figured out this week. Let us know what you're trying to figure out because pretty, I'm pretty sure we're probably going through the same thing or have been through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, every week we're gonna go through and just say what we're figuring out. So, even if it's something small as you know, Billy and his grits, or if it's you know, an internal, um, revelation revolution revelation then you know we want to make sure that is shared throughout the community so um, definitely in the show notes below you can drop us a message and we will play it for next episode so if you guys have figured out something and you want to share with the community just let us know i'm pretty sure whoever's listening to this you probably some point in your life came to the point where shit was hitting the fan well welcome to today's topic episode when shit hits the fan mm -hmm. glad to have you so <laughs> can you think about a time where shit hit the fan and shit got real for you all right so there was this one time um, when i was a freshman in college and i want to say it was second semester First semester, you know, we always get the refunds and it's money. <laughs> it's just, you know, money flowing. Everybody has the grants coming in. First time, be on time grant. All the grants came in. Great. It was awesome. So, of course, pay for school, pay for the books, everything that I need. Pay for like a lot of New Orleans trips. Money. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Fast Fun. <laughs> Going to Forever 21, <laughs> just buying like some, don't even have everything that I spent my money on now. At all. None of it. None of it. Where did it go? <laughs> it, like it disappeared. Well, I still have my PlayStation. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
I yeah, I don't have I don't have the camera that I had. Like, no, where did that camera? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, first semester is great setting up the picture. So second semester comes around, which is the spring, and I'm still living on the FAFSA or my student, not student loans, my um, student refund. There it is. But it's not as big of a refund as it was fall semester, which was first semester. So still balling on a budget. No, actually not balling. <laughs> not balling on a budget, just balling. And no budget. None. Balling no budget. <laughs> and I end up, I don't even know how the bank allowed it to happen, but I end up being $800 in the hole, mm. like negative $800. How? I don't know. Every every time I knew what was happening, I looked at the account and prayed every time I swiped my card, please don't let it decline. Please don't let it decline. Because <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't have these $20 Forever 21 shoes. She looked in your face and said, you want this? You want your receipt in the bag? Yes, please. <laughs> and walk and sashayed on out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So my mom had access to my account, too. And all of a sudden, I well, yeah, all of a sudden I just get a call and I think I was in class and I missed her call, but I had like maybe four or five messages mm. and missed calls from my mom. Livid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I think my mom used every curse word that, you know, is in the book and then some. She was mad. Mm. She was, you know, threatening to come to school and, you know, unenroll me and take me out. Dang, that quick. Yes. Like, dang. So that's when I knew that shit done got real. Like how I'm going to get enough money to pay this back. Cause the bank finally started declining my card. So I couldn't rack up any more money. So at that time, I think I was working on campus. Um, I think so. I think I was working on campus at that time, but that wasn't enough to pay back the that little uh, work study check. <laughs> was it even minimum wage? I don't, I don't know. I can't remember. I think it is. Well, I guess it had to be, mm. but I had to get another job. And I think that time I worked at Forever. So I worked on campus and then I worked at Forever 21 during the times I wasn't on campus. So no, no, no. Uh, you worked at another store, Ballas Paralysis or. Um, no. Yeah, because it was during the summer. Uh, oh, um. Oh, what's that? City Trend. City Trend. Oh, my gosh. And that was the worst. Oh, first day I started, we got robbed. <laughs> <laughs> first day. Like, I didn't even get through training. And I just see, like, a whole bunch of people shuffling in, taking, like, bukus and stuff, like, fistfuls of clothes and shoes and running out the door. And I'm just like, what? What happened? <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. I had to get another job. But I think you had like three jobs then. Uh, I don't remember. I know I had three jobs at one mm -hmm. at one time because I worked at on campus. I was on campus forever until I graduated. I would work on campus. I know I worked forever 21 and maybe city trends at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's that's when I knew I didn't want to move away from school because we had just started dating because, you know, that's, you know, most important. Forget school. We just started dating. Um, but I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to go home because I knew that nothing was waiting for me 
Look, you would never came back. Never came back. I let you go to school for a couple months and you just go crazy. <laughs> and this is when you did. <laughs> Mama brings that up all the time. But yeah, that's when I that's when I knew that I really had to, you know, get my shit together and, you know, stop <laughs> spending money like that and living like that. And it really taught me like the value of a dollar and because oh, it, it really took me the whole semester to pay that debt back down. So I can get back in good standing with the school, too. So I can get, you know, financial aid for next semester in the the fall or actually the summer because I was taking summer classes, too. So for you, the question or the answer to the question when shit hits the fan, you grabbed a mop. <laughs> yeah, I did. I grabbed I grabbed the mop, started. OK, let me let me clean this stuff up. <laughs> let me see what I can do. Start putting stuff back together. I'm pretty sure a lot of people have the same, uh, probably went to the same thing. I know. I can't be the only one. No, I don't think can't so. Can't be. I don't think so. I mean, somebody let, somebody gives Giselle out there some love. Let her know she's not alone in the situation she went through. <laughs> we all made bad decisions. You know what I mean? Hey, but that was, when I tell you freshman year was the best year ever, mm-hmm. was it worth it? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But man, I did not, I did not know how I got through spring semester because spring semester was really tough. And I think I still had like a 3.0 or like a 2.9 for that semester. I still get, did, you know, really good taking 14 hours. So yeah, I I knew what, what really motivated me was the thought of going back home. Mm. Like I knew like there was nothing there for me and I didn't want anything that was there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, girl, you got to get your shit together because you ain't going back to the house. I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah, girl. Go ahead and go and fix that. <laughs> <laughs> That's really how it was because I was not going back. I mean, and and let me tell you, I grew up in a, a really small town and I love I love where I grew up. I love the countryness of it and everything. But growing up in the small town, there's just no opportunity. Mm, there's no opportunities um, that, you know, would have been presented to me if I didn't go out and find those opportunities. So that's really why I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to be stuck somewhere. I wasn't. I, yeah, I didn't want to be stuck somewhere where I wouldn't be happy. But no, yeah, that was that was great. Thank you for your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have anything to back that up, so we're just gonna go straight no. into our conversation. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. So everybody listening, if you're listening, please uh, join us on our platforms and let us know the question to when shit hits the fan. All right, what do you do? So let us know what you did. We heard Giselle; she cleaned up her mess, but but I want to know what somebody else did you know maybe there was another unique way they went about but um but to me the meaning of when shit hits the fan i mean because of course i don't know that's just the craziest metaphor to me who's throwing shit on the fan it's not literally no you have to think about it that way Who, who thought about that so there's this saying that i read uh that we experience our joys and sorrows before we ever no we i'm sorry we choose our joys and sorrows before we ever experience them. You okay? Is this straight? It is. Oh my God. Two cubes of ice. Oh my God. You said you wanted the same thing. Uh, okay. 
Okay. It just got real for you, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, my esophagus is on fire. Okay, I'm sorry. Keep going. But yeah, um, we choose our joys and ex- we choose our joys and sorrows before we experience them. Meaning, um, before, I mean, most things when it happen to us, we are kind of reaction. We we react to it, but. Most of the time, we are proactive in what we experience. So just an example, at the end of the semester, some people are going to celebrate the end of the semester because they did all the homework, the extra credit, and they studied and got good grades on the test. And so when the semester ends, they celebrated. Versus others may have cried because <laughs> they <laughs> did not have the same semester that they had. Mm. So I say that to say this when shit hits the fan. Sometimes we are the ones throwing the shit on the fan. We are creating a problem, mm. the mess to begin with. So um, one answer to that question may be to be more proactive mm-hmm. in our choices. So making a choice to uh, eat better now versus being sick in our 40s, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, being more cautious of our money now. Whether then being, you know, broke yeah. later on and, and and have to work further into our age instead of retiring early or retiring at all. Mm-hmm. Um, being proactive in our relationships, choosing certain decisions so we can build a stronger relationship with our partner instead of choosing the opposite. Yeah, yeah. And then to go back to answer your question, I have a kind of like a definition pulled up on defining what when shit hits the fan, what it means. Okay. But of course we know, and this is coming to phrases, I'm sorry, this is coming from phrases.org.uk. So, you know, shout out to the UK. Shout out. Never Um, being. uh, No. Okay. I guess we have it. Okay. Bucket list. Anyway. Um, When shit hits the fan, it means it alludes to the messy and hectic consequences brought about by previous um, experience or previous secret um, situations becoming public. So um, maybe that's another phrase where um, what's done in the dark comes in light. Okay, that can be another phrase that comes about. But they said that this expression made its appearance in the early 1930s so it's nothing that's been um that's you know late and they said the earliest sample of it or the earliest example of it is in a novel by norman Mahler's novel the naked and i'm sorry the naked and the dead so it was in a book was it like a mystery? It's not like a mystery, but yeah, I would have to go through and you know actually go and read more. I'm actually kind of interested now in this novel oh for some God. reason. <laughs> Just to to find out where where the phrase comes from, I'll make sure I send it to you. Okay, Giselle Opedi, I see you mm-hmm. with the research. You know, just a little bit. You know, the good old internet days. Oh, who remembers the Psychopedia? I remember looking that stuff. Okay. Anywho, <laughs> telling your age now. I know, right? All right. Um, Okay, so when things come to light, was done in the dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I can see the resemblance. Um, but I, I think that if we be more proactive in our choices, 
then we wouldn't have to be so reactive to certain things. That's what that's the losing game. You know, if you ever played checkers, you know, the one who's making the moves is usually the one winning versus the one who's just reacting to what's being done on the on the board. Yeah, but some some things you can't be proactive about. Like true, true. some things it it will just happen. So how do you process or how do you clean up from, you know, those unexpected things? Well, like they say, there's nothing new under the sun, you know. True. So we we have to learn from other people's mistakes or other people's uh story, you know, their life. So um so, so for example, um Nobody plans to be in a, a car accident, but in the event a car accident should happen, are you prepared? You know, how how good is your insurance coverage? You know, are you prepared to pay for the deductible? And um, can you get a new car or is your insurance going to provide you? You know, these just just certain questions, you know. Um, I mean, there's nobody plans for for anything to happen to them mm-hmm. that's you know troublesome but you know we have to be somewhat ready make ourselves ready for it <clears throat> like a uh emergency fund um have some type of support system whether it be family or or a spiritual group you know uh mm-hmm. learning listening to podcasts you know just preparing your mind readying the body to make moves. Shout out Life Unfigured Up, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. Anyway, but yeah, most definitely. And I, I agree with you on that. And going back to some research, because, you know, I'm an educated Black woman yeah. and I like to do my research. So, Shameless plug. <laughs> so I just wanted to see what like different tips or different information that's out there to help cope with some of those, you know, shit hit the fan moments. Yeah. I think it's really more like a process we have to have in place. Yeah. Yeah. So from lifehack.org, I'm going to give you seven tips to accept tough situations in life. Um, Basically, you know, this is nothing that's it's a one size fit all. Everybody's going to have their different ways in processing information and processing different um, things that happens. But OK, going on. Number one, accept the situation. Um, and another side note, we're going to have links to all of this information in the bottom in the show notes. So if you are interested in just going in depth and reading more, you can definitely do that. OK, number two develop a plan. So what Billy was talking about, having some type of plan in place is, is, you know, necessary. Better than that. Yeah, most definitely. Three, seek help when necessary. And that can be, you know, friends, church group, um, a counselor or a therapist, you know, cause you know, black people, we, we need therapy too. Mm. So it's, it's perfectly fine. Number four, change what you can. Um, and like I said, you can go through and read all of that. Number five, identify what you can't change. Number six, develop coping skills to deal with your feelings. Just don't push your feelings to the back because they will come up again. 
And then number seven, focus on what you can gain. So um, with each situation, there's going to be a learning process. So um, isn't the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same results or different results? Zellopedia. So just to help you get yourself out of that situation and just so the situation won't happen again, figure out, you know, what happened? What can you learn from that? What can you take away from that to better yourself and to move on from that situation? So shit won't that shit won't hit the fan mm-hmm. again because shit's going to hit the fan. Mm-hmm. It's just how we cope through it and grow from it. Yeah, I think it's all a all a process. So being proactive in your choices, you know, helping to uh, limit some of the stuff that can happen through your choices mm-hmm. and then the ones that slip through that that could not be limited by your choice alone, you can have some type of plan or process in place to, to, to get you through the situation. What is something that you tried to make better, but end up throwing gasoline on the fire? Okay. So something that I did my gasoline story. Ooh, this was a long time ago. This was when I was like in high school. Long time ago, was it? Well, okay. Anyway, <laughs> it's been a long time ago. Um, so I had this really, really bad habit of lying. Mm. Really bad habit of lying. I wonder where your other siblings get that from. They don't get it from me. Mm. I'm not even there. They got that from somewhere else. I mean, anywho. Mm-hmm. Um. So my parents are very, um, I don't want to say dramatic. Um, I don't even know a good descriptive word. I think you used it. You're just trying to find a <laughs> a better way of putting it. <laughs> they're very, they're very dramatic. Anyway, um, so I, I don't even know what I was lying about. Who, who knows? But eventually, of course. I was lying to my dad and he knew like, of course he knew everything that I was telling him was a lie. And it got so bad that he threatened to like, quote unquote, give me up for adoption. (laughs) 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 And I believed him. So, well, okay. I didn't believe him. I'm like, who going to adopt me? You ain't going to give me up for adoption. (laughs) You know, you both lying. (laughs) You know, this ain't for real. This is for play play. Mm. So um, eventually, I think I did something that was like, you know, the straw on the camel's back and he just had enough. And um, one afternoon, he was like, all right, pack your shit. You finna go. I'm like, where are we going? He was like, you ain't living in my house no more. If you continue to lie, you've been continuing to lie and you, you just can't live in here no more. So I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so. And I think he wanted me to come clean about whatever I've been lying about. But, mm-hmm. you know, I was I was too prideful. Deny, this deny, <laughs> deny. We going to stick to this lie and we going to make sure that it's a crystal clear lie that I had written everything down. So I got my story straight. But of course, it was probably still. Hello. Hmm. You wrote down your lie to mm-hmm. keep the story straight. You know I'm real forgetful. <laughs> <laughs> you know my memory's real bad. You said, what you say you was last night? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Go through my cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
What night is in question? Okay, hang on. <laughs> Let me go back and look. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, yes, so I was at Megan's house. Oh, you can God. call her yourself. <laughs> <laughs> At eight three two. Shut up, Billy. Mm-hmm. You're making me laugh. Um, but yeah, basically he uh got fed up. He knew I was lying. And I was just sticking to my story. So um I packed me a bag of my clothes. I packed my flute and we were going. By the flute. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I was like, if if anything going, or if I'm going anywhere, my flute going with me. I don't know what we're gonna do. We gonna so instead of a hobo in his harmonica, <laughs> just there with her flute. <laughs> my flute. Gonna and be my on that train. <laughs> and all my music, all of my sheet music. I had it with me. That's all I remember. Um, and I remember like running over to my grandma's house because we stayed right next door, like crying, like, oh my God, I'm not fixing to be living here anymore. I don't know what to do. Blah blah blah. So did you come clean finally? I did. I did. And What's really funny is um, when we were driving, I don't know where we were driving to, but when we were driving, I, you know, came clean about everything. He was like, all right, I'm gonna give you one, you know, one more chance. And we turned back, turned back around and went to the house at that time. Like, you know, if he, my dad could have won an Oscar with that performance. Like he was committed. He had me, you know, I was, you know, believing everything. How far did you drive? I don't know. We drove. We drove. We were in Shreveport. We we drove like like real deep into Shreveport. I don't know where we was, but I knew we were in Shreveport. Anyway, um, so years later, I asked him about that same situation. I was like, were you really going to give me up for adoption? And he laughed at me. He was like, nah, I was going to give you up. <laughs> I was like, you had me believing all of that. I was like, nah, I was going to give you up. How you you learned your lesson, though. How you grown still believing he was about to get adopted? <laughs> it was that believable. Like, that believable. So whatever happened to this bad habit of lying? What? That went out the door with uh, when I was getting adopted. Did it? Mm-hmm. Mm. I, st- I stuck to my stories. You should just went to the adoption house. <laughs> okay? Nah, I didn't want to go. Thank you for opening up to the to the great people listening right now. And if you are tuning in, please, again, uh, go to our platforms and tell us a story when. um, Wait, what was the question? Tell us a story when you what you did when shit hits the fan and you tried to make it right. But the situation just keep I just kept getting worse. So go to our platforms, you know, tell us, share your story with us as we shared our story with you. Yeah, we all made. Bad decisions when we were younger. And it seems to be a bit gullible, too. <laughs> I was very I was very naive. Like, oh, man. But, you know, we live and you learn. You grow. So thank you guys so much for listening to our first episode of Life Unfigured Out. Yep, yep. Everything will be down in the show notes down below. So all of the links to the different Um, sources that we cited all of our social medias will be down below and again if you want to add um, your two cents we welcome it and that link for um, for you to leave us a message with anchor will be down below too thank you we'll see you next time bye